continuing with this discussion of con and tax, we're going to look at another way that the courts have tried to decide whether or not they can push the line a little further for what is seen as reasonable under the Due Process Clause. So we're going to examine the concept of stream of commerce. And so this is a principle where one might be able to find, might is the key word, specific personal jurisdiction through their stream of commerce. And that is when one company manufactures a component component, which is then sold to another manufacturer who builds a holistic product and then sells that to the final uh, purchaser who then uses that product. So can the component manufacturer be held liable for injuries that could possibly occur into the final user, even if it's in a different state or even if it's in a different country? So to examine this, we looked at Asahi Metal Industry Co. versus the Superior Court of California. What Asahi is is that they develop a component for a part, a tire valve, which is then sold to a company named Shengshen, and they build the tire, the tire tube, and they sold that to Honda, who then sells vehicles and motorcycles to people in the United States. So Asahi is based in Taiwan, Shengshen is in Japan, and Honda is in. Sorry, sorry. Sahi is in Japan. They manufacture, sent to Taiwan for the tire tube to Chengchen, and then Chengchen, Chengchen, uh, sends it to Japan, where Honda is based. Honda is no longer an issue in this case, because they settle with the defendant, with the plaintiff, and so now it's really trying to decide who ends up getting that final bill who who's going to end up paying all the money for the damages that were caused here is it going to be uh, asahi who has the component or is it going to be shang chin who does the manufacturing of the product well that's the question and they're trying to figure this out in the california court so california court is the farm uh state And we're trying to figure out if it has jurisdiction, specific personal jurisdiction over this in Taiwanese or this Japanese company. And we're seeing if that can happen through the stream of commerce. What we learned from this case is that we have divided concurrences, which means that there's actually no binding law. We don't actually know whether or not this can apply. So it's still left up to specific jurisdictions and when I say that, I don't mean specific personal jurisdiction. I mean jurisdictions can decide for themselves right now whether they follow which concurrence that they decide to follow, their own rule of law. So we have O'Connor's major opinion, and that says that foreseeability through the stream of commerce is not enough to find specific personal jurisdiction. That means that the person, the company didn't personally avail themselves to the state even if they saw that the product that they were selling was going to the foreign state, they didn't personally do anything with that state, so they cannot be held liable. That's O'Connor's opinion. Brennan disagrees, and he says that although foreseeability is useful, it's the awareness that the product is going into that jurisdiction 
and that the defendant is profiting from those actions. So here the component is going through the stream of commerce. It ends up in California. And then uh, the defendant in this case is profiting from that use in California because Honda makes money and they make money from Honda and all that kind of stuff. However, and Brendan disagrees. Well, Brendan does agree saying that even if there was the stream of commerce here, this defendant would not have found um, specific personal jurisdiction. And that's because it's unreasonable to ask them to come to this foreign jurisdiction when there is no longer an interest in that state. This has been resolved already in California with Honda and the original plaintiff. And so there's no reason to have it in California. And so there's no longer an interest. And the burden on the defendant is too great. It's too unreasonable. So the big takeaway from this is that if we use the O'Connor's purposeful availment test, where you have foreseeability plus direct conduct, uh, we're also going to find that jurisdiction in this instance would be reasonable. That's our big takeaway. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.